Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Connor. You know, we haven't talked about one of our heroes in a while. We did this book, uh, The Tuttle Twins uh, Guide to Courageous Heroes. It's a little hardback book for preteens and teens. If you haven't seen that, tuttletwins.com slash products. And uh, it's a very fun book to read some of these inspiring stories. So I'd like to spend today's episode talking about one of our heroes. And I want to talk about one who I feel a special connection to. I've always loved his story. Uh, we've mentioned him before, but we haven't done an episode about him yet. And his name was Helmut Hubener. And uh, he was a boy who grew up in Germany during the Nazi era, World War II. And he was the youngest person to be formally executed by the Nazis. Can you imagine? I think he was, I'd have to look this up. I think he was about 16. And, and certainly younger people died as a result of what the Nazis did. But that was in, you know, concentration camps and, and war and so forth. But, uh, but to go through this formal process to be charged with a crime, a supposed crime, and uh, sentenced to death. Young Helmut Hubener was the youngest person to do so. Uh, what do you know? Let's start here, Brittany. Maybe I'll throw it to you. Tell me a little bit of what you know about the story, and then we can continue from there. You know, it's funny. I realized I didn't know as much as I thought because I grew up, he was the same religion I grew up as, and I remember my parents throwing out his name. And as I was looking through the story, I realized they did not tell me the right story. Oh, or or it was different. I grew up thinking that he was a guy who even when other like religions were outlawed because the, the Nazis did not love religion because then you had to follow God and not, and not you know, the state, um, that he held church meetings in his house. That may have happened, but that's not what he did that made him get put to no. death. So it was really funny for me to do the research on this because I'm like, oh, that's not what I thought it was. That's funny. Yeah. Give us a few little tidbits of, of what he did. So what he did, I actually think of him a lot as Sophie Scholl, uh, which is mm -hmm. a, one of my favorite episodes we did where he was somebody who he had to join Hitler Youth, right? Because that's everybody had to. But he actually quit it because he he realized like, oh, these people are doing horrible things. And one thing leads to another. And he gets exposed to what they called like enemy radio. So any radio that wasn't right. the, the Nazi sanctioned radio. And he starts realizing like, oh, what we're being told is not what's going on. And remember, he was also seeing terrible things that were happening. And so he's like putting two and two together. And so much like the White Rose, which we talked about um, in another episode, he was like, you know what, I'm going to make pamphlets and I'm going to tell people what's really going on. And he would go around putting up these pamphlets. So that's that's kind of the the basic overview of what he was known for. Yeah, he uh, he was listening to the BBC, which was the British Broadcasting Radio. Still is, still and uh, is. <laughs> yeah, still is, yeah. And and they would they would broadcast from very powerful radio antenna, purposefully to try and get the the Western point of view um, about what was going on in the war into these homes, like young helmets. And so he actually uh, used a radio. I think it was his uncle's, if I remember right. And uh, and so he illegally, his brothers, his brothers. Uh, okay, yeah, he illegally though listened to these broadcasts because the Nazis had uh, had outlawed that, and so he starts, as you point out, he starts to hear the lies, uh, hear about the lies. He starts to realize that these were lies that the Nazi propaganda was telling about the war effort, and so he would write down 
the details. He would he enlisted a couple of his friends, uh, close trusted friends from his church congregation, and and they would write down the details. And they started to, as you say, point out uh, or they would print and and work on these leaflets, these pamphlets. They used the typewriter that belonged to their little church. And so he had this little typewriter at home. And uh, and so he would type these up and then they would go distribute them all over the place. And, you know, they were caught. And because uh, as you can imagine, young teenage boys are probably not the most sophisticated of uh, strategists <laughs> to try and figure out uh, how to do this and not get caught. But Helmut was a boy who, I mean, he was a devoted boy. How long, Connor? I've got to ask you, how yeah. long did they make it? Uh, I think only a couple months, if I remember right. Okay. I'd have to go back and look. It wasn't long. It wasn't really short either. They were doing a little bit. They produced several pamphlets. Do you remember um, how long the White Rose was able to make it? I can't I don't, remember that either. I don't. Okay. No. And, uh, and so Helmut was a, a big advocate of the Boy Scouts. Well, of course, you, as you pointed out, everyone had to join the Hitler Youth. They shut the Boy Scouts down because it was a competing organization. And so Helmut, he actually didn't feel comfortable with uh, Hitler Youth. He quit when he was age 13. And so you can already see when he's even younger that he's starting to feel very um, kind of uncertain about what was happening. He was really frustrated. And so he starts to meet some friends who kind of had the same types of views. And so he would work with these people. And, and, you know, the pamphlets that you read, what's really interesting to me is, is uh, for example, here's a portion of one of his pamphlets. He says, German boys, do you know the country without freedom, the country of terror and tyranny? Yes, you know it well, but are afraid to talk about it. They have intimidated you to such an extent that you don't mm. dare talk for fear of reprisals, which means punishment. Yes, you are right. It is Germany, Hitler's Germany. Through their unscrupulous terror tactics against young and old, men and women, they have succeeded in making you spineless puppets to do their bidding. That gives me chills. Yeah, doesn't it? And, and for a young boy, I think he was like 15 when he wrote that, right? I mean, just amazing uh, intellect to even use words like unscrupulous. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so he was seen by a coworker when uh, he was trying to translate the pamphlets he was if i recall he was translating them into french and he wanted them distributed among some prisoners of war so he was caught uh, by a co-worker and a nazi party member who ratted him out he was arrested he was tried before what was called the people's court uh, which was really a nazi controlled court it was uh, the term we use is a kangaroo court and what that means is it's just uh it's just a, a show. It's we've talked in past episodes how the TSA is like security theater because it's not actually security. It's just pretending to be. This court was pretending to be a court, but if you were charged with treason, you know you were always going to get sentenced to death. It was their their process of saying, "Look, we put it through a you know court process. Look how official and legitimate it is." And so, at the age of, of seventeen, he was tried as an adult by this court in Berlin. And he was sentenced to death. Now, here's, I mean, talk about chills. It was reported that after he was sentenced, after the, the sentence was announced, Helmut turned to the judges and he said, now I must die even though I have committed no crime. So now it's my turn, but your turn will come. I mean, imagine the, yeah. 
the strength <laughs> to do that. Like, oh, I just think about it like I, you know, I think of myself as a pretty principled person, but I am I am scared of everything. So I just think about would I have the strength to even do what he did in the first place, but then to look at them in the eyes and say that. Yeah. Amazing. And remember, he had two friends who were helping him. Some people believe that Helmut was saying uh, things that strongly in part because he wanted the judge's anger to focus on him as the ringleader mm. to spare his friends. That's again, that's very brave. Which and is also nice, yeah. exactly very brave. I mean, greater love hath no man than this. Then he laid down his life for his friends, which is a, a common Bible scripture that a lot of people know. And so here was young Helmut, a very religious person, uh, you know, who felt that way. And so it, whether he had that intention or not, because I don't, I don't know that he ever said that before, you know, he was executed. But, but I think a lot of people assume that's why he was so bold like that, or one of the reasons at least. It worked. So his friends received long prison sentences, but they survived the war. In fact, I briefly corresponded with one of his friends about a decade ago. Who's still, uh, still alive. Who at the time was still alive. He's since passed away. So both of these gentlemen, they lived to old age, moved to the United States um, after the war. and So, so they were spared. They, yeah, they were spared. They wow. had prison sentences. Of One of them uh, was in prison for five years, and the other was in prison for 10 years. And so, you know, to me, here is someone who is willing to stand up for their conviction. He's only a teenage boy. I think of the, the teenagers that we know today, you know, and, and myself as a teenager, would I have done that? And it's just so impressive to see someone who is willing to stand up for what they believe is right. Um, and it's, it's hard too, because that was an environment, Brittany, you know, the story well there where everyone was snitching on everyone else. They were, you know, the Gestapo was yeah, kids were encouraged to rat out their parents, coworkers against coworkers. There was this environment in which everyone was, uh, reporting other people and trying to gain favor with the Gestapo. Hey, look, I found a, you know, I found a rat, I found a traitor. And so it was this horrible environment where uh, Helmut was trying to stand up for what he believed. But man, can you, I mean, we, we probably take for granted our ability, right, to post on Twitter or on a podcast vent about how awful, you know, the government is on this or that. And, uh, and here's a boy who was not afforded free speech. He didn't have any of those protections, uh, quite the opposite. There was an effort to root out anyone who dissented, who, who disagreed. Uh, and he went forward anyways. He broke the law uh, to listen to the BBC. He broke the law to, to create these pamphlets. Um, and, uh, and he had some strong, uh, I don't know, he had some bravery and strength to do it. I, bravery and strength that, again, I, I almost feel bad about the stupid things I was doing as a teenager, right? Because <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I never did this. So we had stuff going on. I mean, you're a teeny bit older than me, but not much, where we had, you know, Iraq war and, and well, wait, you were still in school for that. Or were you in college? You were. You were I don't remember. It's all a blur. <laughs> <laughs> but things like that where I was not, I was political, but I didn't know what I was talking about. So I was not informed political. Uh, I was just whatever George Bush said at the time. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think I would have had the the strength to do that. And it's, it's, really inspiring to me and I hope it's inspiring to our listeners because they're they're younger too like will you would you have the strength to do that it also for the parents listening it makes me think of how helmet was raised 
right? He, he wasn't just like that on his own. Clearly, mm-hmm. there were some parental influences. And so how do we think about raising our children? What, what virtues do we want to teach them? Uh, how do we educate them? Because clearly, Helmut was an educated boy who, uh, you know, was able to express these these persuasive and powerful ideas. You can find these pamphlets uh, or what, you know, remains of some of them. There's different portions online. You can find some quotes. It's very clear that he was writing at what I would call an advanced uh, level. Um, and, and so he clearly was being influenced and taught well uh, by, you know, teachers and parents. And so it makes me think as a dad, for my own kids, you know, I don't know what they're going to face in the future. I don't, I don't know what the world is going to be like. I don't know what challenges they are going to have. What can I do today in the weeks, months, and years to come to prepare them? What can I teach them? Uh, how do I encourage them to stand up, to know when to stand up, to have that level of bravery? And that's why we wrote this, this guide to courageous heroes was just to have these inspiring stories to help us discuss and ponder these things, right? If I were in Helmut's shoes, what would I have done? If I were in Sophie Scholl's shoes, what would I have done, right? As you read through these stories, you start to wonder, okay, could I have done that? Would I have done that? Should I do that in the future? What if my kids need to do that? How am I preparing them? I think these are fast, uh, fascinating and important questions for us to think about as we consider, you know, what lay ahead. We don't know if dark days are ahead or if things are going to be kind of normal or whatever. But, uh, but clearly in the past, there have been a lot of big problems. And when these problems has arisen, have arisen, that's given an opportunity for heroes, brave people to stand up for what they believed. And even if, you know, they were ultimately, as in Helmut's case, executed, you know, we don't remember his executioner. We don't remember the judge. We don't remember any of the people involved, the Gestapo guy, the Nazi party guy, the people who arrested him. The, like none of those people have a legacy. Who has a legacy? Helmut does because he did what was right against all the odds. Even though he lost, even though, you know, the outcome was not good, his legacy that he leaves is a powerful one that is influencing people to this day. It influences me. It helps me think about how to raise my kids. And I think that's a powerful thing for us to think about. So if you guys haven't read it yet, you go check out the Tuttle Twins Guide to Courageous Heroes. There's lots more about Helmet and many other uh, important and brave people. You can check it out at tuttletwins.com slash products. This is a story I love because uh, there's too few like them, I think. And Helmet at a young age was willing to do something that many of us might not have the bravery to do. So it's a good story to learn about. Thanks, Brittany, as always. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.